The MSRP on this is forty nine ninety nine, but if you can't find it in the store or somewhere in Ohio, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably going to run you eighty two hundred <laughs> bones. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to episode 118 of The Mashup, the best bourbon conversation you're going to hear all week long. We're your hosts, Anthony and Steven. Hello, Anthony. Hello, sir. Back in action. Back in action. <laughs> Back in action from the uh, the West Coast, you West Coaster. Yep. Are you going surfing now and uh, tanning and whatnot and everything else? Is that what's going on? I'm growing a mustache. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, the mustache is in right now. You know that? It is. Yeah. I was uh, actually, you know, we're back to, we're doing back to school now. We are. And um, when I got to meet my students at the local university that I work at, I like calling it the local university <laughs> I happen to work at. Small little um, place. Yeah. I saw at least three mustaches out of like 20 some people. And I was like, oh my God. I'm like, well, it's, it's a lot of mustache. Well, it's the mustache. It's the uh, man bun and it's the sleeve tattoos. That I, that's the common. That's the, the common look everyone has. Yes, but no, really, it's good to have you uh, back in action. Uh, we missed you. Yeah, when you're uh, running around for. I mean, come on, can't you just quit work and do the podcast full time. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna try to bank these because I gotta leave again. There you so go. Right. Oh, try I to know. bank some, and, and so hopefully uh, this great voice you hear will uh, fill the airways while I'm gone. That's right. That's right. We need we need more of that. So. So what the heck you been up to? Well, uh, before I left, I had a little incident in my basement. That oh, I, this that sounds good. I had a share. I saved this. I made a special <laughs> note <laughs> so I could remember to tell you when I got back. Steven's got the notebook out. You're like, you like scribbled, like, remember to bring this up and when I get back. <laughs> I love it. So right. let's, let's hear it. So uh, like you, you probably have a beer fridge or whatever in your garage, right? Well, I have a little bit of beer in the garage, right. but the the beer that I like to age a little bit, I call it like a little beer well, right? Okay. So it's just a little part in the cabinet where I have some okay. beer, and sometimes on top of a cabinet, you know, I have that stuff. But it's not it's not refrigerated. It's just kind of out and about in different places. Gotcha. Like, like Easter egg hunt, you know, like over there, there's a founder's <laughs> breakfast out or something like that, you know, like that. So our basement, we have a fridge down there. Yeah. And so it's, you know, overflow of food from upstairs, and uh, we keep extra milk or whatever, and then I usually fill it with beers. Okay. And, and soda, so we have it. So I brought back all these like all these milks, and we put them in the refrigerator. Like how many how many milks are we talking about? Uh, you know, I know you got. I usually buy like we got a half gallon size, okay. and so it's usually um, two to three gallons at a time. So okay. four to six half oh, half gallons a, we put in there. That's a lot of milk. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> well, unspunked me that um, that I came back after I I put them in there and I opened the refrigerator. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> Oh no! There was like, I guess a seam had come out on one of these cart half cartons, <laughs> oh, and it was like, you know, slowly dripping milk out. Okay, and so I put the milk on the second shelf, but below it, I have these, uh, you know, these nice annual Goose Island <laughs> bourbon <laughs> beer releases that come out once a year. Yeah, and they're underneath of this. Oh god! And along with you know everything else. Oh no. So I have to clean this up. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I'm just imagining the milk everywhere now. Oh yeah, on top of the beer, and I drip down to like the bottom drawers and like everything. So, so wait a minute. How long had this happened? Like, how long the time lapse? Because if you got milk sitting around, was it actually like did it smell bad? 
because uh, it was cold, no. Okay, but good. But because good. it was exposed to air, yeah. it had started to like harden or like kind of... <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why yeah, I'm laughing it, about this. It kind of like really attach itself to the to the beer bottle. <laughs> I'm reveling in your misfortunes here. No, go ahead. So I had to take these bottles out, right? And then I soak them in a little tub of water to oh, no. loosen it up as I'm you know, trying to clean all this crap out of the refrigerator. I, I can only imagine this visual. Why don't you call me? I'd love to see this. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, 20 minutes later, I finally had the, uh, it, it cleaned up. Yeah. But of course these bottles of beer have been sitting in lukewarm water. Oh no. And they start, you know, they're getting sweaty at this trying point. Trying to accelerate from, the skunking process. <laughs> yeah. So, so my question to you. <laughs> okay. I'm not is, a beer expert. Well, okay. okay. Well, my question to you is like, did I ruin these beers? Hmm. by letting them like get kind of warm not not like warm warm but they got yeah. a little warm because they went in the fridge and they were sitting in water which i guess could be the same thing as cooler ice water but yeah but uh you know what are, what are your thoughts on this well this is interesting because i've always wondered you know if you think about it this is a similar concept to what happens when you have like a, a get together outside in the summer like right now in kentucky it's blazing hot oh god and so if you're going to chill any kind of beverage to have like a picnic or whatever you're going to be doing or having friends or whatever you're going to put it in a cooler with a lot of ice mm -hmm. chances are and everyone's been there that cooler is going to have a ton of ice in it you're going to have a good time at night you're not going to drink all the beer in it maybe no. some of you would but my house it's not going to all get drank and then it's going to be sitting in there and the next day yep. it's going to hit a certain threshold where you need to get that beer back out of the cooler or else what's going to happen is going to heat up in the sun and it's become like an oven in there right yeah. So I don't think that we're talking about the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, of course, I'm in a basement, not outside. Yeah. You're in a basement. You're not outside. And then the other thing I was going to say is when we talk about anything like spoiling or skunking, and I hope the beer experts have come back. Like, you know what I'm thinking of specifically right now? What? I'm thinking of Jason Hale because he's a beer guy. <laughs> and so Jason. That's a good question to him. Yeah. He'd probably be like, you're an idiot. You know, if he I, I'm going to phone a friend. You got to phone a friend. You pick up the phone and call him. We should. Um, but I bet you he would. If I had to think, he would probably say that it's a little bit more resilient than you think it is. I could be wrong, though, because if you think about it, when they ship this stuff, it's going to be going from, like, whatever temperature it's at when it's bottled into a truck somewhere. Yeah. And it's going to be exposed to the elements. It's probably going to be cooled, and it's going to be hot and everything else. So I'm thinking it probably wouldn't affect it that much. I've always thought light is what really affects any kind of alcohol. And those bottles are super dark, like bottles themselves. Okay. So Maybe I, that's that why they're really dark. Like, you know doesn't let the light in no so but you know i just had this vision as this milk <laughs> destroyed my you know destroyed all your beer one, of those, one of those bottles like 30 dollars a bottle or some of them are yeah 30 40 stupid. bucks a bottle yeah and, and, <laughs> and they got ruined by milk yeah you're gonna be like hey steven <laughs> you're gonna pop one open like the next uh when it starts to get cold out you're gonna be like oh this one tastes a little bit different <laughs> you find some hardened milk well, under the cup i just blame it on the aging right oh yeah there you go say that the aging made it go bad but no that's uh yeah, i'll be like 2020 wasn't a good year <laughs> meanwhile it was like spoiled milk right <laughs> <laughs> oh my god anthony i'm super excited now that we have kind of a backlog of um shout outs to give out absolutely so let's get it going all right, so this review actually came in, I think, sometime, maybe end of July. And um, this person is screen named Greg Janko0874, which that may be a birthday, right? If it is, happy birthday, because yeah, we're it, recording in August. That's right, so it might, be, it might be a happy birthday. So the title of the review is Mike in Lexington. And he says, I couldn't be more thrilled to have stumbled upon your podcast 
recorded right here in Lexington, Kentucky. This delightful auditory journey has elevated my appreciation for bourbon to new heights. Oh my God, I like this guy already. Your passion and knowledge about bourbon are palpable in each episode, making it engaging in educational experience. Your selection of bottles reviewed has been spot on. I dig the fact that you review everything from high-end to everyday pours. Then he says, I picked up a bottle of the Buzzards Roost Cigar Rot and flipped out uh, when I saw that you did an episode on it. And hearing you tell stories. I'm jealous that he has a bottle. Oh, yeah, I don't absolutely. Have a that. I know, right? And he said, hearing you all tell stories about things that I remember uh, happening firsthand has made me feel more connected to your podcast. He said, the podcast leaves me eagerly anticipating each new episode. I wholeheartedly have recommended it to all my bourbon buddies. We love that. He said, cheers to the host for creating such a fantastic podcast right here in our backyard. Well, Mike or Greg. Mike or Greg. Thank you. Yeah. That was very nice. And um, I'm glad you enjoy the show. I know. That might be like legit one of the best reviews mm-hmm. I think we've ever gotten on the podcast. It's very heartfelt. So, very heartfelt. Yep. Yeah. And we just really uh, appreciate that. So if you'd like a shout out, just leave a review on Apple Podcasts. The next time I record, we will give you a shout out. No doubt, and then please, uh, you know, mimic Mike's uh, Mike's <laughs> method. <laughs> Minimum of three paragraphs. There you go. Exactly. We need stanzas here. That's what we need. <laughs> uh, so, Anthony, we have a uh, a gold top tonight. Oh yeah. Some will call it a tater bottle. Yep. For tonight, we have a bottle of Weller Antique One O Seven. Oh, yeah. That's passionately called OWA. For those of you out there in the listening audience that know this bottle well, this is distilled by Buffalo Trace, the uh, you know Sazerac company, Daddy Saz. The bottle date is actually 2023. The ABV on this is 53.5. Proof is 107. There's no age statement, but um, the old bottle used to carry a seven-year age statement, and now the rumor is that this, this liquid is six to seven years old. The mash bill, as we've said many times in reviewing Buffalo Trace Weeders, is undisclosed. The MSRP on this is forty nine ninety nine, but if you can't find it in the store or somewhere in Ohio, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably going to run you eighty two hundred <laughs> bones. <laughs> well, um, I'm going to pause on the bottle right now. Okay, um, it's always been referred to as OWA, right? Which we know is Antique One Hundred Seven. Yep. Um, I only see a W and an A on the bottle. Where is the O? Where's the O? Well, that's it's interesting you should say that because back when these used to be in the old squat bottles, the squat, some, yep. yeah, some called pirate bottles, I'm pretty sure it said Old Weller Antique right on the label. I know mm. it said Old and Cursive Script. And when they moved to this new bottle, they seem to have left Old off of here. Maybe that's because the age statement's gone. Now, that might be it. Do we need to worry about, is this kind of like a new Coke recipe versus old Coke that they kind of left the old off and now are new Weller? Oh, uh, well, that's debated, you know, because the old ones go you know for... What? This, you know what? This could, this could be this could be NWA now <laughs> instead of OWA. <laughs> Where are you going with the NWA? New, new Weller, Weller Antique. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What I was thinking was much different, of course. That's really good. Yeah, we're going to have to start, start a trend, right? Right. Tell Buffalo Trace. They're going to be like, huh? <laughs> they're going to listen to us about that. Let's walk into liquor bar and say, I need some NWA, Yeah, please. can I get some NWA, please? It's uh, Yeah, the red label NWA. <laughs> but no, honestly, like when you did, did, we joke on it, but this bottle um, we've reviewed. I'm trying to think. We special. Reviewed, I did special reserve. Special reserve. Uh, 12. Mm-hmm. 
the white label, which was uh, CPB. I always get it mixed. Yeah, yeah I always get it wrong. You say CPB. Yeah. Never mind. P- I'm going to put PB in there somewhere. PBY. I think we did. I think that's it. I think that's all we've done for the Well We didn't do the Well Rye, did we? No. Well Rye. You got me for a second. I was like, what the heck are you talking about? Oh, man. I thought we were off the reservation. We did have a pre pour of this. So I was like, maybe we were already loopy. But no, since we've covered the other bottles, and and you know well, you've described this one before. It, mm-hmm. it looks like the others only yep. it's got red, golden red. Yep. And so then the gold this is the gold top uh, new bottle, right? They used to not have that foil on top. Right. It used to be the the wonderful. Uh, when we say foil, we're talking about foil with a cork and a gold cap. And on the, before we used to have that foil cap that you just screwed on and off the bottle, which I think is still on the special reserve and on a Weller Twelve, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they don't dress up Willer 12 because it's a swill. Yeah. <laughs> like, Garbage. we give that a cork? We need to give a cork to the expensive bottles. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty good. I think the only thing that would be different about this bottle, if we wanted to talk about it, would be this right here on the back. They tend to have different stories about the Weller family on the back of this bottle. Have you looked at this one? No, I'm not. Okay, well, I'm not going to read it all because it's apparently yeah. people don't like that. But um you know, it's a classic thing where they talk about William LaRue Weller being the first person to use wheat instead of rye in his mash bill. Oh, my God. Changed the course of history. And bourbon was so popular when WLW was out there that he had to put a green thumbprint on his barrels to ensure that customers were receiving the real deal. Um, how about that? I mean, it's great stuff. Yeah, they couldn't come up with those kind of uh, – they didn't have high tech back then. It was no. just to go around and dip your hand around and smack it on the barrel. <laughs> so <laughs> Give they felt that was the, the legacy they needed. Yeah. Um, one other thing I want to point out about this bottle that's bothering the heck out of me. So I was lucky enough to get this bottle um, recently. First of all, the shape of this is a damn bowl. It's a bowling pin. It is. <laughs> right? It looks like you could set these up and bowl with them. I mean, I can't tell if that's a bowling pin or a Bud Light from the bowling alley. <laughs> oh, oh, you can't say Bud Light anymore. That's Bud Light's <laughs> been canceled well I just said it. <laughs> so what the hell's with this seam excuse me but like this seam that like there's a seam where the glass goes together and it's almost like misaligned uh i'm guessing that they find a uh, new manufacturer of their uh, glass bottles that made it cheaper i don't know maybe but god that looks That's like an awful a seam yeah it looks like a toddler uh, put this bottle and together it, and especially when <laughs> over the back sticker i mean there's a you know, it's ugly. Yeah, and see, here's the thing. I've seen some pretty pronounced seams before mm-hmm. on different Weller bottles, but this one is the most egregious I've ever seen. It's almost like the glass is separated. You can, like, fill a lip. I'm wondering if it's going to, like, crack in half. So on the bottom, I just noticed, um, I'm guessing it's zero three on the bottom. Okay. I don't know what that is. It's not It's not got anything to do with the year. I don't know what the zero three is. It must be the manufacturer's thing because, you know, Maybe. B- BT has the laser codes on there, and this one is etched in L23, I believe. This is a current... O-W-A. Yeah, there it is. So you get your L23, then you got all these other numbers that people are confused by. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what they mean, but you know that's apparently supposed to be some way of verifying it's authentic. That's okay. a new green thumbprint. Nice. So you came back, and we had to go full tater. And you know me, I've always said that I love um, being embraced as Buffalo Trace tater. I've said it a thousand times, and I say that with like a positive and a negative connotation. But for me, it's only positive. So as we mentioned before, we've done some Wellers before in past episodes. But in addition to the Wellers, we've also done the BT Kosher Wheat. And then we also did the Old Rip Van Winkle so do you remember that we did an old Rip Van Winkle I think episode for 10 episode 10 I oh remember. my god nostalgia that might have been one of the first episodes you came over to the house I think it was yeah because it was it was our 10th 10th episode and 
It was a big deal that we all in the same room. No longer on COVID, right? And so, yeah, it was a big deal that we did that. But I was thinking to myself, like, when we talk about those Wellers and everything else, and... um, um, Oops, it's, sorry. It's singular. Um, not Wellers. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for reminding me there. When I say the Wellers, I was thinking about this Weller and the cost of it. We'll get to that in past try or buy um, toward the end. But I just wanted to mention it real quick because I think you got something else on your mind. The special reserve is under thirty dollars. It's like twenty five bucks, right? Something like that. I passed up a bottle in, in uh, Colorado. How much was it? About that. About, about uh, 30? I think it was mid thirties. Okay, that's, that's good. I had my protective bourbon packaging that i've been traveling with you still haven't filled it up <laughs> i passed it for some stupid reason okay and i kicked myself well i wouldn't worry about it i, I got some special I know, reserve but to I, house I can... you know i always think oh should i pick this up for like a gift yeah. you know okay we're getting to that season now yeah that's true and i should i should just pick it up just to have an extra one on hand as a gift thank that, you to someone that is a good gift to have so that that srp is cheapest of all of them then the weller 12 is actually next if you got a weller 12 for actual true Suggested retail price is like 40 bucks. Yeah. And then the rest of the line, the single barrel, the CYPB. That's why it's got a screw top. Full pr- <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're keeping the screw tops cheap. The rest <laughs> of the line's got cork. Uh, uh, over 40. That's over 40, and it becomes cork. cork. Yeah. Under, so those are, that, that's screw top. Those are it's all. a hard line. <laughs> the hard line. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> they do such magical stuff at Buffalo <laughs> Trace, don't they? And so when you think about that and you have the true one and this are all matching at around forty nine ninety nine, except for the special reserve and the twelve, um, it's kind of crazy. So what would what were you wanting to do with these wellers? You were talking about poor man's pappy or something? What were you talking about? Or you know you know what everyone says. You take right. some ratio of NWA here. <laughs> That's <laughs> gonna get me every time. And, yeah, yeah. And you take some ratio of W twelve. Okay. And you combine them. I, I'm gonna say it's half and half. I don't know. And, uh, it, and it's, maybe I have seen this somewhere. And I guess it's is it what's it supposed to be? What's it supposed to equivalent equate to? It's supposed to be a lot B. No, I guess not a lot B. It's supposed to be like a fifteen. I think it's supposed to be like fifteen. I can't imagine it being yeah. any more than that. Yeah, I think it'd be fifteen. Because fifteen's not good to begin with. So I don't know what they're comparing it to. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the extensive experience you've yeah. had with the 15. Yeah. yeah. So I'd rather just drink the, these two by themselves and be happy. <laughs> but uh, but I can't remember. I think that was uh, – somebody gets credit for that. I think it might be the guy that has seal box, Blake uh, Reaver. I think he gets credit for poor man's pappy. I oh. just know if we were if we were with Kenny tonight. Oh, yeah. We would, he would be probably mixing up the uh, the ratio of 12. And, uh, and I and, would appreciate it. He and, would get it perfect. <laughs> perfect. And I'll be like, hmm, well, I guess maybe they're, they're on the something. There you go, right? Yeah, he definitely would be mixing it up, though, and you're right. Maybe it would be. So should we sniff uh, NWA? I think so. All Let's right. go for the first nosing here. Cherry bomb right off the bat. Yeah, you get cherries. You got... Um, I always talk about just like a light berry note. Caramel. Um, caramel, a little vanilla. Um, are you picking up any astringency at all in the nose? Like any kind of ethanol? Uh, very slight. Uh, yep. I'm getting a big whiff of it, though, so it might just be me. But, I mean, it's nothing that is is putting me off. Yeah, me either. I mean, it's really very, very light. But, damn, this has a really nice nose. I mean, some episodes ago, I talked about when my aunt and uncle visited from Ohio and we went to BT. I think it was only the second time I'd been there. And they took us through a warehouse and said, you are amongst the, the aging stocks of Buffalo Trace's weeded mash bill. Wait a second. Yeah. Who's your tour guy? Nah, it was, uh, who was it? I don't know. <laughs> I like this voice I'm using now. And he made all these comments about, I, I know I told this, this story before. My uncle was like so excited. He was like, 
you know how there's like leakers on the barrels and stuff he was yeah. he was like nosing the barrels and you know, doing all kinds of fun stuff but this this scent and aroma hasn't changed it's a timeless classic nose i just think this is like a a beautiful nose i agree like I agree. it's got a little bit of everything it's got like you know a little bit of caramel the cherry the berry it's got a little bit of heat but not too much right it, it's full but not too full mm-hmm no, it really I, is. I, I feel beautiful. like also uh, there's a hint of like dessert in there somewhere. And at my first thought was peanut butter. Okay. But I'm starting to come back from that a little bit. Yeah. I feel like there's something there and I can't place it. I've always like thought that it's got like a little bit of a baked good kind of a note to it, but a sweet baked good. Right. And um, almost like cinnamon sprinkle. But I can't tell if that's cinnamon sprinkle or like nutmeg. Not sure. Don't have my flavor wheel here that we have, you know. For those of you guys that don't know, we have this flavor wheel. I'm joking. We don't have any flavor wheel. <laughs> Did you get your nosing kit, Steven? Came yesterday by Amazon. Came, yeah. It wasn't just a bag of rocks. <laughs> Smell this gravel. It smells delicious. This is great. Yep. As we're nosing this and chatting about it, I can't help but think about the fact that we haven't talked on our podcast yet about one of buffalo trace's most recent innovations and extensions <laughs> of this line um which is the daniel weller um <laughs> experimental bourbon that they're bringing out i mean it's already out but guess how many people i know that have gotten their hands on it um three uh no oh. it's not even three it's a zero oh, okay. <laughs> i don't i don't know anybody who's gotten their hands on this it's called it's like a emmer wheat, which is an ancient grain from Egypt, which I don't know why Buffalo Trace is into putting ancient Egyptian grains into the still, but they think that's a really cool thing. I thought and we only wanted Egyptian cotton for our sheets. <laughs> hey, isn't that like the My Pillow guy? Doesn't he have like a he has certain fields that he sources yeah. his cotton from? What a what a great commercial. He's showing you these fields that are over in Egypt. Yeah, I'm sure that's really where it's coming from. So this this Daniel Weller, um, <clears throat> there's been a lot of discussion about it. The only person I've seen that's drank it, I think, is like uh, some of the online review people have gotten their hands on bottles and stuff like that. But um, I think it was a while back, Buffalo Trace did something with their, what, amaranth, right? Wasn't amaranth the E.H. Taylor amaranth? Wasn't that another Egyptian grain? Do you remember that? I did a E.H. Taylor amaranth oh, e. Taylor, grain, yes, yes. grain of the gods. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so for some reason, Buffalo Trace is trying to like stick all these ancient Egyptian grains <laughs> into the still and see what happens. But this time, they actually cooked up this massive great story. Um, do you see this? Do you see this ridiculousness in front of you? It's, it's, a, so lot of, it's a lot of stuff. I actually had to give Stephen like a we, – we compare notes sometimes, but I actually like just grabbed some of this from BT's website because it was so just insane. It looks really official. It's official. But Daniel Weller is actually uh, – he would be grandfather, so that would be uh, Papa, right? Yep. Papa uh, Daniel Weller, <laughs> he was the – the first distiller now the generations of pioneers that followed him and uh basically the way buffalo trace is honoring old papa there is by talking about uh this ancient grain that's rarely seen in modern day stills so apparently 12 years ago they they they, they had enough foresight to put this uh emmer wheat distilled whiskey down and um honor old grandpap with an ancient egyptian grain does that make any sense to you what 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 does that have to do and then if you read further it talks about the fact that daniel weller's the, the whole weller family actually distilled rye before they distilled wheat whiskey i mean it just seems like a massive stretch to me i'm like i'm giggling over here because it seems like just a massive amount of marketing what say you 
Well, you know, Anthony. Yes, sir. With this family tree expanding to Daniel. Okay. Good, good, good grandpa Daniel. Yeah. Um, I'm sure in the in the hollers of Kentucky, they were really wondering what the Egyptians were doing with the grains. <laughs> yeah, they may have. They, yeah, I think yeah. they have. So I think this is You're why. You're serious. You're serious. This is why the yeah. Daniel Weller bottle expression came out to us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's from. <laughs> Okay. It's from their minds. Okay. Way back when. Way back. And they're and they're tithing with the Egyptians. Oh yes, yes. yes see? Trading, yes. Wow, yeah. man. See, you you get it. Yeah, I get see, it. You get it. I, I I'm surprised you didn't know this. Yeah, I just I completely got lost in this marketing story. <laughs> <laughs> well anyway, um, I would just say this, the whole connection to this real quick to tie it back in with this wonderful story you just told <laughs> is that when Daniel passed away in 1807, he left no will requiring his son Samuel, who was William LaRue's dad, uh, to purchase the stills and the equipment to continue the family legacy. And then that's when he passed it down and W.L. Weller and Sons was founded. And then next thing you know, we're sitting here tonight talking about this delicious bottle of O.W.A., and I think red and gold were the original family colors from the crest, too. I think it was pa- passed down straight from Papa. Well, Anthony, after that uh, family lesson, let's go ahead and go for our first taste. Shoddy history. <laughs> it's my favorite part of this podcast is giving shoddy history. <laughs> of course, it's BT tatered out shoddy history. So <laughs> yeah. there you go. Well, let's see what old uh, Daniel was up to when we sip this. <laughs> oh, wait, we don't have ancient Egyptian grains. Uh, I got him to laugh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How does that taste now? <laughs> well, it hurt. It hurt a little bit. Okay. Well, it hurt. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's good laughing. Well, well, or not. Well, or not. So, one thing that I didn't pick up on the nose, which is so pronounced and so good in this right now, is like a very nice seasoned oak. Right. Like, it's so, like, this, to me, when people talk about they don't like to taste oak, if you don't like to taste oak, try OWA, because you're going to get the nicest, sweetest oak note that you'll ever taste. So good. Yeah. What else are you picking up? Well, you know, you get that little bit of cherry coming through on it. Right. I agree. But it's just so warm. I agree. That's a good mouthfeel. Yeah. It's the cherry, the well-aged oak. A little, a little warm going down. Mm-hmm. Let you know you're drinking something. Yeah, and I accidentally ran out in the middle of uh, tasting this here, so you know. I, I like to know your thoughts. Watch out! Coming in hot, like Daniel Weller. <laughs> oh, we're going in for more too. So something interesting is happening here when we're tasting. This was bottle was a fresh crack, and what the bottle the, the cup's going empty, and, <laughs> and, and it seems like we're drinking more of it than we would otherwise. And so I don't know if that's going to signify where we're going uh, here eventually. But I just want to get this bottle done. Let's get done with it. So other tasting notes here. If I got to compare this a little bit, since we've tasted other products, to me this is a little more aggressive and a tiny bit more spicy than like CYPB. Or of course, special reserve. But I think yes, it is definitely more spicy yeah. than special reserve. Yeah, hotter too. Yep. But it's in a good way. It's not oh, a bad yeah, way. Excellent way. It's like what you want. It, like, it actually gives more teeth and more right. More bite. If, if if special reserve the honey subtle pour, this is the full body. Yes. Um, uh, grandpapa of right. uh, of the uh, special reserve. I think you just got grandpa in the mind. Right. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah that's I don't know where it is. Yeah. That's good. So. 
there's a lot of different notes going on here, but I've drank, you know, OWA for quite a long time. And this is the first time I've had it in a long time. And the first time I've had a bottle of 2023. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pleasantly, I'm liking, liking what I'm tasting. So Steven, um, I'm not sure, you know, as a, as, as co-hosts of a podcast, right. Um, do you listen to a lot of other bourbon podcasts? I think I've asked you that before and you said you don't really, right. Listen to a lot of other bourbon podcasts. As an artist, I like to be in my own space. <laughs> I like that answer. You got to admire that confidence. No, no. I don't. I, I sometimes yeah. I listen to the, uh, the big boy. Okay. But, um, is very sporadic. Right. And right. I, I usually just listen to like the Friday episode. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking about the big boy. We're talking about bourbon pursuit, correct? Right? Yeah. And so um, <clears throat> those of you who might be finding our podcast that don't know about them, they've been doing it a long time, and they also are a they have their own spirits brand mm-hmm. now, and they do a lot of stuff in the space. But they recently released an episode as of like I think about two weeks ago. I can't remember about two weeks ago. I think called would bourbon be popular without buffalo trace i saw that title and i was like oh my god i'm like what are these guys talking about like when i saw it i'm not gonna lie like i initially was a little bit like taken back i'm like what are they talking about but it was enough to get me to click through and listen so kudos to them and i thought that was just a massively provocative provocative thing and i listened to it from start to finish um and i think they made some strong points about um the whole influence that buffalo traces had so um what it ultimately did for me when i listened to it was it made me think of my own journey when it comes to bourbon and specifically with buffalo trace so i moved here in 2011 i've mentioned this before but i gotta mention it to this episode because it's really important i got used to drinking things like owa and special reserve they were part of my core like me falling in love with bourbon yeah <laughs> um i'm not sure about you did you have much experience with the weller stuff when when, when did you get first chance to try do you remember actually i think 12 was probably my first my first one i remember my wife we went on i think it was a birthday okay we went to buffalo trace nice. and they had a weller night okay. and this is way before this podcast way before yeah. collecting right and they put uh i think it was like antique 12 and two years of wlw down really right <laughs> they're just offering you and, WLW this, and this is you know before i knew anything right and I was like, oh, cool, because there was a dinner. The, mm-hmm. the Weller family was there. They were talking about it. Very cool. Um, you know, they served us like I don't know, three, four, or five course dinner. Yeah. And we got to do the tasting at the end. Nice. Um, so that was early on. So I think the 12, and then at the time, I could actually go to a couple bars. Right. When I would go, when I would actually go out, and, you know, they would have 12, and I would get it for like nine, 10 bucks a pour. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think 12 was probably the Weller that I probably got introduced to. Okay. With. Yeah. And that's, that's a great story because my recollection of it is, so I moved to Kentucky. I don't know much about bourbon in general. I like bourbon. I've drank whiskey of course before, but I now see like all the selection that's mm-hmm. out there. And so I lived right on the corner of uh Tate's Creek road and, uh, and Manowar, right where that Kroger's at. And so I used to go over there and I could literally walk into that store and they had squat bottles of special reserve and OWA at all times mm-hmm. and Blanton's wow. and other BT product. It just sat there. 
I had affinity for it from the first time I drank it. So I just went over there and I'm like, okay, cool. And I can't remember what year it was. I feel like it was 14, 15, there and about, maybe 16. I don't know. That's a three-year span. I'm not yeah. sure exactly when it happened. But I didn't used to keep a lot of bourbon in the house. I had like maybe eight to ten bottles at any time. It was well before the boom. Well, yeah, well before the boom. Yeah. And so I was like, I went over and I was standing there and I'm looking. The guy's like, you looking for something? And I go, yeah, I'm looking for the uh, the OWAs, man, the Weller Antique. And he went, oh, we, it's it's allocated now. We, <laughs> we don't. We don't have it anymore. And I was like, what? And then not even a couple months later, my wife was like, I was looking for that Blanton's for your birthday and nobody has it anymore. And I'm like, wait a minute. Blanton's used to be like on the, the shelf everywhere. And so that memory came flooding back to me as I was listening to the mm-hmm. uh, Bourbon Pursuit episode about Buffalo Trace. And I thought to myself, they ultimately came to the conclusion that Buffalo Trace is probably a big part of why bourbon boom happened, right? Because of the way that they were doing stuff with their products and how much people chase their products right. and line up from everything. And I was thinking like, for me, that was a time when I was like, Oh man, it's over. Like I can't just go grab anything that I want anymore. Right. Like I have to actually collect things that I like when I see them and other people that have been doing They're a harder lot, for it. Yeah, know. exactly. They're a lot longer than me might think that's stupid, but I, I really think that like, you know, that was the time in my life where I started like going, Oh man, I got to get more serious about this. I got to collect. And I feel like a lot of other people did too. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what caused this frenzy, I think a little bit. So, I mean, that's, that's crazy. I think there might be some truth to it for, right. for me anyway. Cause think about when you go to a restaurant, if there's a cocktail with BT in it, right. You're like, oh, that's, a, that's a good pour. You know, let me, I'm going right. to enjoy this cocktail more. So if it was like a bullet or a God forbid, a willet or something. Right. Um, and so, and what did I do when I went out to Colorado? They had they had BT on the shelf, a pick at a store. Yep. And I picked it up. Yeah, you did. Just That's to, right. Just to keep it in the the place, just to have a a pour of. I even now drinking stuff. I mean, if I could get BT easily, yeah, it would be my 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 quote daily pour. Right. Because I, I enjoy it. Exactly. I, I just the flavor profile they've created with that product, I really enjoy. So there's probably a lot of truth behind it because now i mean it's so silly we can't get in this state you cannot get a 25 dollars bottle without being allocated <laughs> yeah i mean and, and, and it, is, it is the the bottom i'm not gonna say the bottom level of buffalo traces like product line their profiles and so the ip they have yeah and so it's just crazy that that far down the stack and you it's allocated basically that's right and it's crazy it's just it's like that now and that's i mean whether that's created the friends or not that drink's still good right yeah it, yeah and the picks yeah the picks are awesome oh no doubt they're they're just an exciting it's so funny early on i used to scoff at picks it's mm-hmm. like they're 10 bucks more you know who, who's picking these right but now it's almost like an adventure oh absolutely an exciting adventure normally and and i enjoy picks now Oh, no doubt. I agree 100%. Would you pass, try, or buy on this bottle of NWA? (laughs) Well, this one's going to be really simple for me. (laughs) Um, I'm a buy. Buy. And I'm a buy at retail. And sometimes when, if I really wanted one, I would probably go secondary for it, even though secondary's crept up a little bit, right? Secondary used to be 80 bucks all day. Now it's closer to 100 because... Let's just face it. I think Buffalo Trace probably could put this out at the gift shop if they wanted to, but they'd have to buy all their stocks back from Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but if it ever becomes more available again, 
Um, it was one of the original ones I fell in love with, so I buy all day. It's funny. I have one bottle of this, and I've yet to open it. Oh, really? I don't know why. I just haven't opened it. I think it's in a cabinet. I just don't go into much. Okay. And I kind of forget about it. But uh, I'll be by as well. Even at uh, almost full secondary, I'll probably be a buy at it. Yeah. Well, um, let me throw a monkey wrench at you here. Oh. Did you hear that a Maker's Mark is releasing their cellar-aged bourbon? Yes. Yeah. And I am so excited. Yeah. Because I, I, I messaged you and Michael about it. Yeah. And I'm like... Yes and yes, two please. Two please, yeah. Because what have we been saying forever? Forever. <laughs> yeah. Give forever. Us, give us some one age maker mark. Maker, yes. Maker mark. <laughs> I'm losing it and over it, here. And it, it, it's priced at a once a once a year bottle. Right. Was it one fifty? I think so. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. And I got to think about that. If Maker's Mark ever makes a move against uh, against Buffalo Trace, there. I mean, those are honestly my two. My two markers, right? Mm -hmm. I think Maker's Mark, the cast strength, we reviewed that and good stuff. Love it. Love it. And putting out the well-aged stuff now. Oh, I'm excited. Watch out, Daniel. Watch (laughs) out, Grandpap. We're coming for you. And with that, thanks for listening to this week's edition. Please like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Mashup KY. Also, let us know your thoughts on this bottle in the comment section. Don't forget to visit our partner, bourbonoutfitter.com. Enter code THEMASHUP for a special discount. Until next time, keep it neat.